Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back. It's it's been quite a break. I hope you haven't missed us too much. This is this is Rule the Roost podcast, by the way. I just thought I should chuck that in. I'm joined by Raj. How you doing, Raj? Not too bad yourself. Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. You feeling festively plump? Um, yeah, it's been a good few weeks off. Yeah, um, you, you've been having a mint time up north. That's what, <laughs> that's what you lot say up north, isn't it? Mint. Uh, no, not really, but um, yeah, it's been fabulous, yeah, um, spent time with, with family, um, just been in Huddersfield for a couple of weeks with my granddad and that, so it's been been alright, yeah, um, home now, got a month off to myself to, to do as I please until February, so it's all good. I saw a good picture that you posted to the social networks of your dad dressed up as a Christmas pudding, that, that was... That was one of the highlights of my Christmas, I'll, I'll say. He'll be delighted uh, that you've brought that off, yeah. Um, yeah, he's got a Christmas jumper. It's a um, Christmas pudding. And um, it was always, when I was younger, um, my dad's always got a, an incredible metabolism. And he was always like a stick insect. But as he's got older, he's, he turned 40 this year. Um, he's kind of, he's filled out a little bit now that he's getting older. And um the fact that he'd fallen asleep on a sofa around my auntie's <laughs> with a Christmas pudding jumper on and his belly was protruding in the fashion a, a, a Christmas pudding was, I couldn't help but share that. And the fact that 30 other people on said social network um, enjoyed it as much and sent him abuse um, made his day, really. I think um, he, he wasn't best pleased with me after that. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas, uh, Papa, Papa Raj. Um so, Sounds like an Indian shop, that Papa Raj. It it's does, like, doesn't pa- it? <laughs> Papa John's has been taken over by like the Venkis. It's like the, there's a there's a, a fa- an Indian fast food up the road from me called the Guru Express, um, and it's got a little picture of a man in a turban on a on a moped. So there you go. That's always good. I, I've always wanted to go to uh, Bombay Bicycle Club down south because um, I'm a big fan of the band, and I'm aware that that's where they get their name from. We've not really got anything that inventive up north, I think. The one that we've got close by us is we've got a fishing ship shop called the Codfather, which I think has um has like been taken like high and wide as far as fish shops are aware. But there's a there's a keeb uh, kebab shop up the road from us called McDonough's, which is quite good. <laughs> we've got um kebabalon. That's that's pretty good. And we've also got kebaby as well. Oh, that's like a somebody for like loaded readers. Yeah, isn't it? And Oh, yeah, I I won't go. That just shows you how often we eat horrible reprocessed meats. Yeah, well, um, I like to feed you. You're a tofu boy, aren't you? I am, yeah. I'm a 
I'm a, a, a veggie person, so... Somebody listen to one too many Morrissey albums? Don't judge me. Um, anyway, football. Love it. Now. Yeah. Um, we've played a few games, haven't we? Tim Sherwood's had a bit of time to settle in. Um, Just a what have your thoughts been thus far, Raji Baines? On um, the tenure of... What is it? They call him Tiger Tim. I hate that. That's an awful name. But. Yeah. Um, no. Um, I mean, results-wise in the league, it's been okay. Um, the two cups have been disastrous. Um, I don't think there's there's any way around that. I'm being knocked out on, on both occasions by local rivals. Um, probably the, the two scummiest local rivals we've got. Probably the two that will enjoy it the most. Um isn't isn't that much fun? We'll probably get drawn against Chelsea in the Europa League somehow now and get knocked out by them just to complete the hat trick. That'd be the, that really would be the shitty Trinity, wouldn't it? Yeah, we, the the, 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 the Trinity. No, it doesn't work, does it? I'd rename him Trifecta Tim if he managed that one. <laughs> um, um, yeah, um, I mean, we've we've not lost in the league since he's taken over, so there's always that. Uh, yeah, that's not bad. I um, picked up a good result away at Old Trafford. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, I I would say overall, um, you know, it's it's a results a results driven business as people like to simplify it to, and yeah. he is getting those results. You can't argue with that. Um, course, my yeah. my overriding thought, I would say, is that I haven't been totally convinced that we've been playing that well as a team in these games. Um, it's fairly standard practice that when any new manager comes in. All of the players are fighting for their places once again. Um, If it is true, um, which is unfortunate, but if it is true that toward the end of Andre's tenure, it had started to go south for him um, behind the scenes. So say with members of staff, be it playing staff and coaching staff, that probably would have galvanised things, his departure, if he wasn't that that popular anymore. Um, And the fact we have a very talented group of players but I would still say I am not convinced by what Tim Sherwood has has adopted thus far I know there's been a lot made of is it 4-4-2 or is it 4-3-3 but as we've seen against Arsenal probably the most prevalent example of this his simplified approach to the game is (laughs) going to come unstuck when we do come against a team that is tactically regimented, as Arsenal are. Um, Manchester United are not the team they once were, but I, you know, I'm not going to take that away from him completely. Still, whatever kind of state they're in at the moment, a result away at Old Trafford is fantastic. Um, but again, not an entirely convincing performance. Um, and I, I really, I don't want this to sound overly negative. I really, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted that Spurs are kind of on track still, and we're we're still getting these wins. Um, but people are glossing over certain performances, like the West Brom performance, which was, you know, appalling. Um, Stoke, admittedly, was fantastic, but Stoke again are possibly the worst that that match, at least. They're probably the worst team that have been at the lane this season. I'd agree, yeah. The completely just defunct of idea and just just utterly terrible. And a, a little shout out to Charlie Adam as well for that game, um, who's been systematically 
injuring our players since you know he has graced the Premiership with his Glaswegian prowess. He's um, friends with Alan Hutton, who famously. Um, I'm not even sure if it's allegedly or not beat his own father to a pulp. So, um, yeah, that's the type of company he keeps. So um, they're um, the the birds of a feather, essentially. I think the reason the FA can't do anything is because there's no conclusive proof. Uh, I mean, everyone can always say it's um, a coincidence and things like that, that it always seems to be against Tottenham players that he, he misbehaves and makes those types of appalling challenges. I mean short of somebody going into his basement and finding some sort of, you know, some sort of perverse dungeon in which he keeps, like, photos of Tottenham players and, like, cries over that transfer to us that I think Daniel Levy made with the last 30 seconds of the window to go because he was bored. But, um, yeah, it's it's not a good precedent that he's set for himself and um, there's there's quite a few people unhappy with him. Just to go back to, um, to Sherwood after... I think in the balance of interest, the thing that we always used to bring up to uh, like um, support AVB was the fact that he had the the, um, the best win percentage of anyone ever. And the fact that Sherwood started so well and had the results on board is something that you can't negate mentioning whatsoever. Um, he's done really well in that, to, in that in that sense. I think where my fear comes in, and this is something I've said um on Twitter, um, too much um, discussion is that I'm fearful that the, 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 the overall quality of the squad is is almost covering for what he lacks in a, as a manager. There's a book, um, almost like the, the football version of, of Moneyball, called um, "The Numbers Game" by Chris Anderson and David Sally, and there's a section in that that says that management only ever really. Uh, affects results 15% of the time. So if you were to like break it down percentage-wise as you're doing things like Moneyball, the managers, the manage, manager's influence only kind of counts for like 15% of the result. So where my main fear comes from is that I think that the overall class of the, the teams and the performances we had in the league is more from the players being able to express themselves because they're clearly happy that they're allowed to not playing such a, a restricted formation. Um, having looked upon it, I don't think we are playing a, you know, a proper Tony Pulis style four four two, purely because our players are too good to to stay in those positions. Um, Christian Eriksen on the left hand side um, is similar to you remember when we had Luka Modric who started on the left hand side because we thought he was too lightweight to hold his his own in the middle. Yeah, indeed. it's a, it's a it's a very similar concept there where he spends most of his time playing inside and, and you require a, um, a full-back to, to come over and try and g- give width over there, which you can account for if we've got one proper winger on the other side. But I don't... Th- <laughs> I mean, I, all we can do is second-guess, but I don't think that's something that Tim Sherwood sits there and plans for. He's very much... When he, when he says that football's about putting 11 players on the park it's not too much to do with tactics and when he was adamant against Arsenal that we'd we'd not lost the game because we didn't have an, enough in midfield um, they're the sort of things that worry me about him you can, you can tell from your voice I'm slightly tentative about really tearing into him too much because he, he has done very well in the league I mean it's only the competitions that we can really like actually tear at his results but um 
I think long term it, it worries me as to how it's going to go because although I don't think he's he's Harry Redknapp reincarnate, even though it's very funny to to make those jokes and I have done myself. Um, there's something more about him. I don't think Harry Redknapp would have won that game at Old Trafford the same way that Sherwood had. Um, but the way in which he's, he's going about handling the team is much more in that vein than it would be AVB. To give him his juice, the uh, the couple of things I will give him. He's still very young. He's still learning his trade. Um, 44, I think. Yeah, and in terms of management, that is yeah, that is young. Um, I think that's that's how old uh, the youngest manager to ever win the Premier League is. I think 44. I think that's yeah. how old um, Mourinho was when he first won it with Chelsea. So... You know he he can still learn. He can still change his ways um, if he even has any ways to change. And the fact he does, from having worked on the inside, know the club very well. Um, and we've seen that with him bringing through a player like Bentaleb. And whether or not he really becomes a star at Spurs, it's still a, a good marker of what's to come in terms of these these youth players making the step up into into the first team. Um, yeah. Have you have you been impressed with Bentaleb at all? Just very quickly. Um, yeah, I mean, when his substitute appearances have been good. Um, it's very brave of um, of Sherwood to do that so soon um, into coming in. But I think that's probably been spoken behind behind doors that he wants to um, he wants to be using the youth team. And um, some of the things he has said, to be fair, in terms of <clears throat> covering injuries with more youth players and allowing them the opportunities to step up rather than wanting short term fixes. Um, it's something good to hear because it's something that you know Harry Redknapp wouldn't have ever said, which is one of the biggest fears we all had when he was first appointed. Would that he would, um, you know, follow that same sort of mentality? But um, as I said before, when the Manchester United came, he's, he's shown that he's got a little bit more about him. Um, Bentaleb specifically, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed the way he's, he's been confident around the ball. He obviously um, has a bit of confidence in able to play and touch the ball as much as he has and go toe-to-toe with some of the, the players he's, he's not afraid of um, getting in the face at all. He has shown some sort of naivety, especially against Arsenal. There were several free kicks he gave away again on the edge of the box that perhaps the more... Um, you know, a more experienced player wouldn't have done. There was a, a few shoves. There was a stamp that I think he was very lucky not to connect with or, you know, actually stamp on somebody's leg very forcefully. I mean, even even making that action anywhere near a player that's lying on the floor is likely to get you a, a red card in this day and age. So he did well not to get sent off there. It was Monreal, wasn't it? It was, it was going to stamp on his hand. I think it's... There's that balance, isn't it? Because there's a part of me that thinks, yeah, it's against Arsenal. It's good to show some fire in the derby, but at the same time, you know, you can still do that by just putting in a bit of a rough challenge. You know, those little sort of petulant stamps off the ball are. It's only going to be, you know, to the club's detriment at the end of the day. Yeah, we were. I think at that point we were we were two 0 down and needing a goal as soon as possible. So there was, you know, losing a player at that point would have. It turns out we didn't get back into the game, but that would have confirmed it before full-time came anywhere near. So um, that, I think that's a, show, a sign of his inexperience, but that's obviously his age. It's um, it's somewhat excusable, but um, I, don't, I don't think I'd have played him in that game had I had the, the choice myself. Um, I think tactically the thing that concerns me the most about Sherwood is um, having... Bands in midfield and, and the fact that we're playing without a, 
a recognised defensive midfielder at points. Obviously, with the injuries we've got, which is something we've neglected to mention, it's, it's harder for him to do. But even when we've had um, players available, such as, you know, Polino and Dembele, they've, they've played in that more central role than having any sort of designated one of them doing one role and one of them doing the other. They were both very advanced. I think that's the Stoke game where they both played very well. Um, but as we mentioned, that, that Stoke City were appalling that day. They were one of the worst Stoke teams I've, I've ever seen. That's saying um, something. Yeah, even Tony Pulis' Stoke were, were never that disorganised defensively. They always, to give them the dues, um, stuck to the game plan and, and played for a point whenever they were white out there. And I think they may even beaten us at one point, won the or something. So there was always that game for him. But I think that that performance, especially at home, while it was well it was heartening, it was good to see us playing attacking football. They allowed it they allowed us to. But playing two up front against a side like that, I, I completely don't disagree with it whatsoever. I think that's fine. If we know that there's a side there for the taking, there's there's no point whatsoever to to try and play more conservatively or, or stick to one game plan. If there's there's someone there that we need to beat play expressively and start that way there's there's no issue with that whatsoever it's it's then thinking that's the model to then go forward with is is what's what's concerning me and the thought that injuries aside we've we've not even attempted to play a defensive midfielder is also something that that worries me in terms of I often mention you know midfield bands and you know having one sort of pivot in the, the defensive area we don't necessarily need to play a double foot we don't need to have two people in that band but having one person sat there and knowing that they're sat there is something that we we, we desperately need to um amend as soon as possible because even in the games we've played and, and won um southampton manchester united and um and not stoke because they didn't even fucking attack whatsoever but the, the arsenal game and the west ham game they we looked defensively vulnerable um manchester united had they had Robin van Persie would have probably scored again. Um, not that they deserve to whatsoever, but I don't think it was a, a particularly exceptional performance from us at Manchester United that won us that game. It was it was very good. It was very solid, but I don't think we we, we you know reinvented the wheel in what we did there. Um, we just we won and we did it. We did so convincingly against what is the worst Manchester United side in. in my lifetime to this put is, it bluntly this is a bit of a bipolar rant by you here Raj you've gone from being like I'm, I'm going to give him time I'm, I'm, I'm not totally against him to now just being like actually fuck this I don't like him get rid of him um, no, I, I, the, the thing with him is I, I, to stick to my guns I don't think he's a long term appointment whatsoever um, where we are right now we've got no other choice but to let him be there until the end of the season I think we have to seriously reassess what he's he's capable of and what his ability is. I think let him be there now. And uh... indeed, that's it. The, the jury's out, um, and we do have a, 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 a tantalising fixture ahead of us. Uh, the home leg of the Crystal home leg. Well, it's not really a leg, is it? But the return tie of Crystal Palace, and we're joined by Albert and Chris from Homesdale.net Radio, or do you prefer Homesdale Radio? Which, which yeah. way is it, lads? We, we always abbreviate to whole radio these days. We got really lazy with it. So. That's all right. I don't like either, to be honest. <laughs> what, what would you rather have it called, Albert? Um, really successful team winning every game radio. That'd be all right, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's not very catchy, is it? 
Rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Um, how? So, well, we'll, we'll jump straight in then, because mm. I'm, I'm taking from your cynicism there, Albert, that you don't consider yourself as a really successful team. Um, but your fortunes have been picking up a bit of late. How, how have you seen the season so far? Yeah, I mean, even under Holloway, I didn't. We didn't really get turned over, you know, too badly by anybody. Um, so the the improvement that Pulis has made has, well, whilst it's not been any major changes the effect has been, you know, really magnified just via the fact that we're just much more organised, you know. Um, and, we, you know, we go, we go away to Chelsea and away to City and, um, you know, you can, there's an argument that we should have come away with something, whereas before, we would, under Holloway, we would have gone and we still would have lost, but it would have been a, a losing performance that you sort of expected to get nothing out of. So, um, yeah, confidence is brewing, but um, I think, you know, in four weeks after after the transfer window shuts, we'll know a bit more about our chances. Yeah, you gave a good account of yourselves at City. Uh, n- not quite as good as Spurs did, mind you, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you still did all right up there. Um, but uh, under Pulis, how, how have you found that it's it's changed? Has it? Because it, it seemed like it was quite a muted response from the fans, which is understandable when you first brought him in. Um, but you don't seem to be playing rugby, as he seems to be synonymous with at Stoke. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've come full circle. I, I, he was always the favourite from day one, and I was quite vocal in my, um, shall we say, displeasure at that being the case. And when he apparently priced himself out the job, it was happy days. But then you saw who he was subsequently linked with, um, and then you started to think that Tony Pulis wasn't such a bad idea. Um, yeah, and he, he, all he's done is come in and just organise the team and inst- instil a bit of confidence. And dare I say it, we're not necessarily playing, like you say, the, the Tony Pulis brand you know typical brand of hoof it up to no one um so yeah I, i've got to say I'm, i am impressed and i, I you know i apologize for my uh mm. <laughs> i'm just gonna add a little bit to that if i may. um we had a chat with uh steve parish uh, our chairman not too long after the appointment and one of the things that w- we said to him was you know what how do you feel about this fan's perception of tony pulis managing a certain way like he did at stoke and he made quite a valid point in that he said um you know how many how many fans have seen anything other than the highlights on TV and, and bought into this reputation that he has. How many of us actually genuinely knew, you know, what Tony Pulis's philosophy was and, you know, how he wanted to play? Uh, and the point was made that he would work with the squad he's got. And, I, and you know, like Albert, I've been really pleasantly surprised with, with how we've done. Has it, has it caused many divides within the, the supporter base at all? Um, I know you, you've got a particularly uh, fervent support um, mm. At Palace with the Homesdale, no, <clears throat> no, not really at all. Um, excuse me. Um, it, if anything, the sort of reception to the news that he might be the manager was far worse than the actual reality. I think it, it dragged on a while, which is uh, one part. Um, when people were just relieved to get someone in, uh, Keith Millen did a great job steadying the ship. And um, if anything, Tony Pulis's sort of appointment is being a bit more sort of. It's been a bit more natural. Holloway came in and fans sung his name straight away and we bought into this positivity and he's, you know, he's all energy and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, it turns sour. But Pulis is coming and he's not, you know, he's not the same personality. So people are letting him, letting him bed in and his name's not sung yet. So he's, you know, we're letting him earn that in the, in the right way. So I think no, no one's negative about him at all. There's, you know, there's one or two, you know, people on message boards that you always get who may be being a bit... You know, we're, when we when we play it long, there, there's a bit of criticism that oh, here comes the direct style. This is what we've been waiting for, kind of thing. But on on the main, everyone's positive. What you mean, people people being negative on internet message boards? <laughs> Weird, well, isn't it? 
or or on Twitter perhaps as well. Yeah, yeah wonders yeah. never cease. How, how do you feel about that, Raj? Here's an interesting one. Given it, you know, you, we're both particularly not overly enamoured with Tim Sherwood. Tim Sherwood or Tony Pulis? There, there's a, there's a conundrum for you. Well, I've just tweeted now, thinking about it. Those two dressed on the touchline this weekend. It's going to look more like this set of Jeremy Kyle than an actual football game. <laughs> <clears throat> They've both been to JD Sports for their tracksuit this week. <laughs> Trying to outdo the other one. Yeah. Tucking it into their socks. That, be, that's yeah. a paternity test that I do not want to see the results of. <laughs> Neither does the mother, I think. Oh, yeah, um, I think Pooley should win that one, though. He's got his he's got his baseball cap on at all times, yeah, hasn't he? So. I, should, a man in his 50s should not be wearing a baseball cap, should he? It's, um, it's quite traumatising. At least it's forward-facing, I guess. But That's exactly what no. I said to my dad on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might do. He's in South London now. It won't be long before it starts to go to an angle, but uh, there you go. Um, I'll have to say, you mentioned Tim Sherwood there. I mean, I'm going to turn the tables on you really quickly. I was really surprised by that appointment, and you don't seem too positive. Um you know, is there a way into the game for us there? Do you want to take this one, Raj? Um, it's at home with two strikers, so I'd hope not. Um, <laughs> I'd hope that our squad would be able to do that. I think he's, he's managed to win a game away to Manchester United. He's not as tactically naive as, as some would um, would perhaps point out. He's, he's not what we want, um, what I'd want anyway. Um, by any stretch of the imagination, but um, he's not lost in the Premier League yet. Um, I think if if Pulis is going to come and sit, um, it'll be interesting to see how we can break you down. But um, in in terms of the way in which Pulis is playing with you, um, I don't think you've got the squad that he had. A, he built at Stoke, and the amount of money he spent building that's, that that squad at Stoke is half the reason he got sacked. But he doesn't have the, the personnel at, at Palace to be playing hoof the ball rugby style stuff that he did while he was at Stoke um, he's, he's had to adapt and, and kind of come halfway in order to, to get something that's that's viable there so I think he's done well in that respect but um, I'd hope that we've, we, the manager's got enough about him and that the the squad for certain have got enough about them to, to see this one through it would certainly be um, a, a mark against his name getting a job long term if you fail to win this one in saying that, though, the the way in which you played against City, um, you weren't exactly parking the bus. You you gave them a good game and you went at them quite a few times. Um, yeah, yeah, I I think there's a there's a thing that it's a bit misleading from from the highlights in a way. We we got a, for once we got a good edit in that one. I think um, we we definitely. I mean, you'll see the same thing. We, if we go away from home against a big team. Park the bus is, is one way of putting it. We won't be adventurous at all. But what we're doing under Pulis that I think we weren't doing under under Holloway is that when we do go forward, we do create better chances. Uh, if only we didn't have Cameron Jerome up front, we might put some of them away. He's Hasn't he said fairly recently that he's, like publicly, he said that he's not overly convinced with Dwight Gale? Uh, yeah, that's a weird one. He said that just before the Villa game. Um, and in the Villa game, obviously Dwight's scored with the last pretty much last kick of the match to win the game for us and it was an absolute beauty and since then you know obviously he's got another goal as well and he's looked dangerous and he's featured more in the team and I think it's just classic man man management it's sort of saying to him you're not good enough son I'm gonna go out and get someone else and it it kind of it's a a win-win it means he can go and look at other transfer targets and it won't be a surprise if he goes and brings someone in but at the same time it's given Dwight Gale a little bit of a nudge on because he's come a long way very very quickly um, and some of his positional work and 
you know, his general sort of play sort of off the ball isn't quite up to Premier League standard, but his finishing and his, you know, how direct he is, is, you know, starting to be a real weapon for us. He's, he, he, he does look like a, a raw talent, like a, a, a very gifted little footballer, but it, it also does sometimes look like one of the mascots has, has stayed <laughs> on the pitch afterwards. He, he does look about five. Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? Um, I'm very conscious that Albert might have an opinion as well, but uh, just, I mean, with, with him, it, uh, you're right in a sense that he looks, he almost does look like a lost little boy, but when you watch him pick the ball up and he's in the right positions, and what, what he is, he's a player who needs, doesn't, he needs to be facing goal to get a shot away more often than not, even though his last goal was a little spin on the spot, but he's, um, you know, he, he needs a certain type of chance, and then all of a sudden, it's it's confidence. I mean, you see the strike he scored against Villa. You can't do that if you're not full of self-belief. You know, last kick of the game, desperate for three points and just to smash it in the top corner from like a good 20 yards. It, it it takes a bit of belief. And yeah, he's looking up. Would you uh, would you take Zahar back on loan? Albert, yours. You can take this one. Uh, <laughs> do you know what? I think these things are best left alone. So whilst he's a fantastic talent, I, I don't. I think the the circus that would sort of arrive and the, you know, all the fanfare. I, I just don't think that um, we, you know, we see the benefits. He, you know, he, okay, he's gone to United, but what you know, it remains that he's still untested at this level, and we've got enough young players that aren't really getting enough of a chance, and quite rightly, in my opinion, mm. um, that I don't think we can afford to include another one. Really, you know, it's not like we're offering to get an established star from United. It's just, you know, it's heart overhead sort of sentimentality, really. I think, obviously, Pulis has said today that it's not going to happen anyway. We have asked, you know, the club did want him back, but David Moyes has got no interest in, in sending him down south. He wants him to get a club. You know, take, he's basically trying to take keep him out of his comfort zone and try and get him to grow up a little bit. And I suppose, you know, from what I understand, Wilfs, when he's not in the squad, which is more often than not, he's, he's down in Croydon every weekend anyway. So, I think he's, they're trying to get him out of those habits, and so he'll actually kick on and adjust to, you know, to life at Man United. Down in Croydon, is that is that Lauren Moyes' nickname? Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could well be. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, allegedly, surely. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, allegedly. <laughs> um, another one of your your, your promising um, young players, Jonathan Williams. Um, I thought you were going to say Jonathan Bostock then I almost <laughs> steady yeah, had yeah, palpitations we're not going to go back there again um, I'd have a chat about that but yeah <laughs> Chris crucified us earlier on in this. we spoke to Chris Waters from the yeah. Supporters Trust earlier on in the season he wasn't he wasn't particularly happy with us <laughs> but, uh, John Bostock was Bostock. more concerned about making Christian gangster rap than he was about playing it football was, for Tottenham and, and, and isn't it magnificent as well I've seen the YouTube videos yeah, yeah. wow, yes. wow. Fantastic. Mo- Mozart would have, uh, yeah. Good luck to him. Yeah. Um, Jesus but- Christ, the biggest gangster of them all. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah Jonathan Williams. Mm. He's, uh, he's He's being courted by Cardiff at the moment, I believe. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't really know how much truth there is in that. I mean, like, there's, there's wanting Jonathan Williams and then there's being able to get him. And, I'd, you know, unless they're going to throw 10 million quid at us uh, and make us... You know, to make it, you know, not even worth considering. I, I really don't think we'll sell. And I think that comes from the board more than the manager. The manager hasn't had a chance to see just how good he is. Uh, but our board aren't interested, really, in cashing in on players. Um, you know, John, Jonathan Williams is... I mean, if we got 16, 15 million quid for, for Wilf Zaha. And if Johnny Williams can stay fit, you know, he's every bit as good, if, if not better, than, 
than Wilf. And See, it's a bit of a shame because one of my mates who's a, a big Palace fan was raving about him before the start of the season, saying yeah. that this lad's a real deal. And then he, he obviously got injured again um, and he's missed quite a, a substantial chunk of the season. But he is back now, isn't he? He's back and playing. Yeah, yeah. He's c- coming off the bench more often than not. Started in the in the cup midweek and had a, had a good hour or so. Uh, the only sort of thing with him is that the two major injuries he's had have both been inflicted on him by other people on international duty. So, it's I mean, he gets this injury-prone tag and, and all, all it really is is like muscle strains and stuff from coming back from big injuries. So, I think he's had a, he's had a real rough run of luck. Um and because he looks like a little boy as well, people people still assume that he gets knocked off the ball easy and all that sort of stuff. And you have to really watch him these days to to really appreciate how much he's filled out and you know how dangerous a player he is. And I, th- I think in a in a better team he'd have an absolute field day. But I, I'm I don't see us letting him go for until he's you know until he's really shown his ability. Are you sure you're going to go? Um... A transfer fee for him can can somebody not just take you to a tribunal and get him for no, a five and a quick tug? He's he's <laughs> no, he's on a he's on a five year professional deal. He's negotiating another one at the moment. He's he's contracted till twenty seventeen, I believe. So, um, so you've yeah. you've learned from past mistakes then? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if you go you go back to Bostock, he he promised a lot, didn't he? Um, in terms of signing for the club and being the youngest ever captain and all this kind of rubbish. And I think our um, owner at the time sort of bought into that. Um, I, I think it, it was a lesson, but it's a lesson in twofold for us. You know, he's used in the academy as an example of a player who moved too quick, too soon. Um, and it really is, he is, you know, used by name by our coaches to, to point this out to your young players. So you're using so. Justin, John Bostock to teach people at Crystal Palace lesson. So he's, he's essentially yeah. a Jesus-like figure. For... <laughs> he is, he's got what he wanted in the end. Yeah. I think you did us a favour. You know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but he hasn't exactly set. He's not even set like a match on fire, let alone the world. It's um, he's, he's the world's light. He's the Crystal Palace's youth light. Bel- in the world. Belgian second division. Now I was going to say he'd struggle to strike a match, really, wouldn't he? Uh, John <laughs> up, to be honest, I'd but. say it's a, it is a real shame, but um, it just goes to show you that you can have all the talent in the world, but if even if your mind's not right. You know, it, it, I think Albert's absolutely right. You, you have done us a favour in a lot of ways because it's you know we in the end we got you know there's no there's no reason to say that if he'd stayed at Palace he would have made good. A lot of people say that, but if that attitude was there already, where he felt he didn't have to work for it, then then chances are he'd have fallen by the wayside at Palace as well. I mean, who would you say? Because in the game we played, you uh, first game of the season, obviously it's it's not really the the best marker of how things. Ah, <laughs> oh, um, but the the two players that stood out for me were Jonathan Williams, who we've spoken about, and Miles Jedinak as well. Yeah. Um, who would you say out of your playing stuff has really made the uh, the transition the best? Um, well, I'll give a I'll give a couple and let Albert have a go as well. I think um, there's there's a strange one really. The guy who gave away the penalty, um, Dean Moxie, was the one who surprised most people. He's no he's now not in the team which is a bit of a weird one to be picking him out. But when you say about players making that step up, he was one who, you know, we st- he struggled at championship level. All of a sudden was, was performing decent, decently uh, left back in the Premier League. But for me, if I'm going to pick out a, a player who's done, who I think is going to do, is done, you know, do really well, and I think if he plays against you, you'll um, you know, for a little bit of a surprise, is Yannick Bellassi. Um A lot of people don't really know much about him, but... Last season, he was essentially on the opposite wing to Wilf, you know, and they had the same style about them. They had both had the, you know, the sweatbands, the swagger, and all that sort of stuff. And 
he outplayed Wilf on a number of occasions in key games. Wilf was getting all the headlines, but Yannick was the one who was, who was, you know, creating better chances. And if he could shoot, it'd be a world beater. I tell you. But well, it's, um, it's like you say, because arguably in that in the Brighton playoff, although Zaha took the plaudits, the game was arguably changed when Balassi came on. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you saw what he did. He got across in the box, and that's the thing. Thing with us is, I mean, we're terrible at shooting at the moment. We just we're trying trying to walk the ball in the net, thinking we're something and we're not. But I mean, he he is someone who is direct. What he does, he'll either he's cut out a lot of the long shots, but he'll either shoot or he'll get across in the box. That's his job, and he sees it in a very simplistic way. And he you know he loves a trick, and he'll just run at people all day. Plays with a massive smile on his face, and he was injured at the start of the season and. And the way that game went, it'd have had a big effect on it, I think. You might have seen a different result. But um, very different game at your place now, I think. See, how, how about you, Albert? What, what, do you, uh, what do you make of your, your, your squad thus far and how it's made the transition to the Premiership? Or Premier That's, League? You're not allowed to say Premiership anymore. Barclay, the Barclays Premier League. That's it, isn't it? <laughs> um, I, I personally, I, I, I wouldn't put Balassi in there. He's uh, quite frustrating. That, that cross that you mentioned at Brighton... I'd you know I'd pay a good tenner to see another one of them at some point, um, <laughs> but I, th- I've, I think the two, as you mentioned, um, Milo Jedinak has ninety five percent of the time not disgraced himself. He, he he gets everywhere. He's he's winning headers in the box, and you know he, he breaks play out fantastically. And you know it's not the most glamorous of jobs, but it's certainly one of the most important in our team. And the other player who is getting a lot of press uh, is Joel Ward, our right back, left back midfielder you know stick, <laughs> stick him anywhere he's he's absolutely fantastic and when we signed him we we had to um i was gonna say we had to beat off a few other clubs but that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> that it. we didn't happen. have to do that no no we had to outbid a few other clubs <laughs> and uh he came with a lot of promise and considering we just lost um nathaniel klein um to be told that he was potentially the better player was folly at the time but it turns out he is He's something special, and uh, you know, if we go down, I, I don't think we keep hold of him at all. Um, so, two two unglamorous sort of positions, but they're the ones that I feel have, you know, stepped up the most. How, how's Jason Punchin been uh, for you? Because has he has he had to make any toilet trips or anything like that since he's been? <laughs> I wish he would. No, uh, <laughs> please. Toilet is a word that springs to mind. No, I've I've <laughs> on our podcast shit I've as well, been, possibly. Yeah, I've yeah, always definitely. been saying. Jason Punchin is a player we should be going for because um, he was always sort of on the periphery at Southampton. And sure enough, we've got him and he's um, he struggles to control the ball at times. But, you know, give him give him three touches, he gets it down. And, you know, he, he, do, he, he can beat a player and get somewhere near the box. Um, can I uh, present the opposite argument as well? Go on. Because it's only fair. We promised to show a United front, Chris. Well, we're not going to do it. <laughs> um what, what Albert's saying is absolute is absolutely true. Before <laughs> I start, he's got a lot of stick from a lot of people. Everyone wanted to send him back, but what I'm going to say in his defence is the last three games, maybe four games, he's he's started to have much more of an impact. And there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I thought he was our, uh, I'll agree our man, of, there, yeah. Yeah, man of the match against Man City. I think everything good that we did going forward went through him. Um, he's, I think he's probably highest on the, the assists because... No, when he finally does get that ball in the box, it goes to someone's head or someone's feet. I think I'm third on the assist list. You are, you are, yeah, you've done very yeah. well, mate, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yeah, in all, in all seriousness, he has started to change people's minds, and I think it's looking likely that we're going to sign him on a permanent deal. Sorry to tell you that, Albert. No, it, it, you know. Albert's desolate. He's desolate. <laughs> he has a great no, If he frees up another loan space, then fair enough. All right, there yeah. you go. That's, that's a positive, in a way, I guess. Yeah. Every cloud, mm. yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll take you to a few of the uh, to a few of the listener questions. We've had one from yeah. I Arjun Iron, perhaps, um, which his Twitter handle is at Iron Five underscore little underscore at the end there. Artistic. Um, <laughs> he says, "What major changes have you noticed in the team setup and player roles since Tony Pulis has come in?" And that's to, to either of you. I'll start and then Albert can do the next one and we'll do it that way. Um, the major changes are that we have defensive organisation. It sounds brutal to say it, but uh, Ian Holloway's methods were not really centred around organising a defence. And um, it was kind of, you guys are defenders, cope with what comes at you. Sounds a bit like Timmy Sherwood, that, doesn't it, Raj? <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, you've got a different squad to handle it, though. I think I think in, in, in reality, I think that the biggest difference is that we are now a team that is organised and centred around, first of all, getting getting our defence right and then giving earning that right to go and play forward and break. And to be fair, that's what the manager before Holloway, Dougie Friedman, was doing. And we've kind of just gone back to that. Um, but... Did you spit on the ground after you said Dougie Friedman there? Um, I'm, I'm softening in my, uh, my anger at him. Um, I, it's a really hard one to talk about because I'd, it's not of massive interest to Tottenham fans, and it would take me about four hours to to go through everything. So I won't won't dwell on it too much. Started. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> it's a bad idea. But yeah, I mean, you know, he was a legend as a player for us, and um, you know, as a manager, he, he left us in the lurch, uh, chasing the money, and um, you know, he had his reasons for doing so that, that he felt were valid. But yeah. Um, I'll move on. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking of a four-letter word, perhaps, but um, <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't be far off. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. So sorry. Yeah, um, I did mention uh, a few other bits as well. Yeah, things that Tony Pulis has done. What he's also done is he's given confidence to players. Um, Barry Bannon's been excellent, although there's rumours that he might be off, which would be really odd. Um, but he's given confidence to Marouane Chamac. Um, which sounds like a joke, you know, when you start talking about him. He's almost a figure of fun at most clubs, mainly for, you know, appearance reasons. But he's um, he's got belief back in his game and he's playing a completely different role for us now. He, he's playing in behind a striker rather than as a striker and he looks a different player, um, you know, kind of like a Berbatov with work rate. <laughs> but obviously that that's that's too high a praise, really. Um, 
because you, you guys know a lot about Berbatov and what a great technical player he is. And I don't think, I'm not saying Chimak's up to that level, but but oh, he yeah. tries to play that role. Are you like Yeah. <laughs> it, it definitely matches him in the uh, in the hair gel stakes. I, I'll give him that one. Um, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, confidence and organisation, and, and they're two very big things in football. Yeah, definitely. All right then. Well, Albert, let's. Uh, I, I won't take you straight on to the to the comedy question, but uh, we've got one from Alex Richings here, who's Razor Rico eighty six. Um, now, uh, you, you probably won't be aware, but at the moment, um, there's a there's a movement at Tottenham called the 1882 movement, given the concerns about the kind of state of the atmosphere um, since we started to arguably get a bit more successful um, and very much inspired by the Holmesdale fanatics. Um, the 1882 movement have been attending primarily youth team games. Um, the first of which was a game against Charlton where about 350 or so Spurs fans just showed up to this random under 18s game, um, all in full voice, all there with kind of banners, flags, all that kind of thing and surprised all these youth players as much as anything. Um, now we, since that point, it's kind of evolved. There's been a few talks with the club um, they've managed to kind of have designated stands for low-key fixtures. So think kind of um, Thursday night Europa League group games, that kind of thing. Um, still yet to have a presence in Premier League games. But what we're finding at the moment with this is that that's actually dividing opinion amongst the fans. So a lot of the fans will be saying, who are these upstarts? You know, we've got stands that sing here at Spurs. We don't need like these mugs to come and start singing and telling us there's no atmosphere <laughs> at the lane, blah, 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 blah. Um, so essentially, Alex's question is, um, many would love to have a section similar to Homesdale for the 1882 movement at White Hart Lane. Does the Homesdale um, stand, or the, the fanatics, as it were, do that, does that have any divisive opinion within the Crystal Palace supporters as a whole? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it does. Not, not Nothing too major. Again, it's mainly people on message boards that have a whinge about anything. Um, personally, I think any, anything that you know, that raises the atmosphere, especially at the championship when, you know, most games are quite dire, um, anything that raises the atmosphere and, get, you know, encourages the players and whatnot that's, that's not doing anybody any harm, I think it should be encouraged and more, you know, whilst I don't think legal standing you know, areas are going to be introduced, certainly in the Barclays Premier League. Um, I think it's, it's something that should be encouraged at all at all grounds. Apparently Man United have started something similar. Yeah. Um, Busload got up from Guildford um, every other weekend. Um, <laughs> Maybe not for no, much longer. I, I don't see that. I, I, I mean, there's the whole issue. At Palace, it's mainly because that atmosphere is now spread to other blocks. There's people who are, don't necessarily want to stand. And, you know, quite, and quite rightly, you know, they're of the opinion, well, I've had my seat here for... 5, 10, 20 years, whatever, why should I move just because I don't want to stand sort of thing. And, you know, they have they, they have got an, a, a right to think that. But ultimately, you know, the, the focus has to be getting behind the team because, that you know, that's why we're going to football. That's why you pay 30, 40 quid to go and see a, you know, a, a football match because you want to you encourage the team to win. So ultimately, I think it's a good thing. But you're, with anything in life, you're going to get people that whinge a bit, aren't you? Yeah. If yeah. I can sort of add to that a little bit, if you don't mind, I just wanted to sort of point out a thing. The the, the HF um, started a long, long time ago, and I, I would just say to, to your guys that they've got to stick with it. They're gonna like, the HF took years and years and years to do anything of note. They they just stuck to it. They 
poured a lot of their own money into their banners and what have you, and they just worked and worked and worked, and they gave the message across that sometimes gets hijacked by other people coming on and, you know, treating them like hooligans and all that sort of stuff. But they, you know, the true guys who set it up, their, their whole thing is, is, yeah, it's ultra culture, but it's all about supporting your team and it's all about, you know, the songs are in support of the players and the team. And sometimes they get caught up in the politics of it all and create a few enemies and yeah, things get a little bit divisive. But by, basically, by sticking with it and by standing up, you know, when standing up for their rights when they get thrown out of grounds and things like that. There's been times in the early days where the entire group would get ejected from, from the ground by stewards and they'd just take it and come back the next week and just... And eventually they earned respect... And and from the football world and and got their voice, got their voice at the football club. And as Albert says, it's it's more that it's inspired everyone to get involved. I'm not a member of the HF. I'm not interested in supporting the club in that way. But I am interested in being vocal in my support for the team. And they've given me, you, you know, the, the the sort of given me my voice, if you like, because there's loads of like-minded people where I am. I'm, I'm welling up here. <laughs> getting passionate about it but all I just say to them is just stick you've got to stick with it it will get hard and you will get your own fans turning on you but if you keep keep the philosophy right it it's got to happen because I have to say guys the premiership is is a graveyard in terms of the, the atmosphere everywhere we've gone this year it's just been awful and it, I hate to see it I hate little you know go down to Norwich and it's not that long ago we were playing Norwich in leagues below and their stadium was loud. You know, they, they get a huge number of people there who go whatever whatever game it is. It's, you know, it's, it's, their, it's their thing that they do. And to go to that ground and there was nothing there, absolutely nothing. I went... Well, Chelsea was the worst. Chelsea was the worst. You've got little kids looking over to us in the away section, no idea why we're celebrating when we're losing. And it's, it's those sorts of things. And I, I can only applaud your, your guys doing the same thing. And just yeah, give them give them that message. The HF, I'm sure, would love to talk to them as well if they need support there. They haven't got it already, and they'll tell them all about it. They've just got to stick with it. I don't know if they would after what happened at Selhurst earlier on in the in the season. Oh. Apparently, there was there was some kind of <laughs> there was some kind of kerfuffle about queuing oh, for right. hot dogs or something. I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't like that, was it? Yeah, no, yeah. something something equally as banal. So uh, mm. yeah, but yeah, again, that's not what it's unfortunately that's not what it's about. You, as I was saying, you get people who get who tag onto that group. Um, whose interests, shall we say, aren't really about supporting the team or anything like that. They're about, you know, acting out their uh, little weird fantasies. But well, let's say, I've seen got the football to stick with factory one too many times. Exactly, Roger. Yeah. Well, they'll all be happy that Danny Dyer's in uh, EastEnders now, so there we go. <laughs> he uh, acts about as well as... I was going to say he acts about as well as Crystal Palace play football. Oh, hey. he's bringing Ooh, the beef whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, and he's brought out the banter. What are we going to do about this? Yeah. <laughs> The banter bus has rolled into town. There we go. Um, yeah, do you, do you want to qualify that any further, Raj? You've 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 stepped it up a notch now, mate. Um, I, was, I, I quite like Danny Dyer as an actor. He's very good. I don't know what you're all insinuating. Uh, That's right. Nicely done. <laughs> nicely done. Um, we've had another one from Reese Coyne here, who says, "How much does Palace's Premier League survival rest on their January transfer window?" Mm. Well, you were to, if you were to ask that question to Tony Pulis, it would be, it's all about the January transfer window. Um, I'm not convinced about what we'll actually get. We're lucky in a way because we, we do get to talk to, the, to our owners and I know how hard it's been for them to attract the players that they want. Um, that's kind of why we had the approach we had in the in the initial window where we ended up signing a whole bunch of players. It's because we, we just went for everyone in the end because we couldn't get the people we want we wanted. Uh, we're in a slightly better position, you know. We've got, I think, even the most 
negative of, of people would say we've got a chance of staying in the league. Um, it is only a chance. It's not, you know, but you, you can. It's a lot easier to get players in when they see that and they see that we're playing well. We've got a decent manager organising a team, so I think it is vital we get some some quality. And for me, the quality has got to come in, in the form of a striker who can put chances away. Uh, we've got Jerome does a great job running the line and stretching defences and causing problems. But you know, when you've got a player who can come and come, come into a cross at the back post and shoot vertically, it's a real problem. Do you know what I mean? I've, I've, it was a, it's a hell of a skill to use, but oh, it, it just it fills you with dread when you think you're not going to get many chances, and I just you can't rely on that. So we we need someone to lead the line and to, to be able to put the ball in the net. Denver Bar's been linked recently, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, a bit of a shock that that's not today. Nonsense, isn't it? Um, I, I have little doubt. That, I mean, you think the players we went went after in the summer, which were shocks as well. But Darren Bent was our number one striker target for a long time, and we got very close to getting him. In in the end, I'm quite pleased we didn't. I was going to say you've had a lucky escape there, boys. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, don't worry. Um, and sim- similar, Nic- Nicholas Bentner as well um, was our was our backup. And again, he was actually at Sellers on transfer deadline day, ready to ready to sign. But funnily enough, the the man we just talked about, Denver Bar, was due to sign for Arsenal and, and Chelsea pulled out of that move. So uh, in the end, Arsenal kept Bentner. So it's all it's all weirdly connected in some ways. But if we could get someone like Bar, that's perfect. He can, you know, he can lead the line. He's very mobile and you know, he can put the ball in the net. And that's it's exactly what we need. I don't know if it's even vaguely realistic that we'll get him. Um, but was the plan in the, well, sorry, was the plan in the summer to have a front two of Bentner and Schumacher? Um, in the end, it, it, yeah, it ended up that way. Um, Were you sure that Crystal Palace wanted to stay in the Premier League? <laughs> <laughs> what well, do you mean? Ben, yeah, Benton is mean. good enough for Real Madrid and Barcelona, isn't he? Yeah, in his, he by his own words. Yeah, I still love that thing about Bentner. In, in, he was scientifically proven to have a score of 11 out of 10 in self-confidence. It was <laughs> unbelievable, that. <laughs> Just, yeah. Um, look, I, I, I think obviously Bentner was the, the second target after Ben. We were we were going for it, and we were going for it in a, in a way that Ian Holloway wanted to go for it. I think we'd have slightly different targets now um, uh, because we simply don't have the squad to do what Holloway wanted to do. Ironically, I think he'd still be our manager if we'd missed out on promotion last year, but that's a different discussion. So you've had to lower your sights from Bentner. Um, you could maybe take Roberto Soldado <laughs> if you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right, and keep him yeah. um, for the money you're paying him. Oh, that was that was a bit flippant of me. He's 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 all right, Roberto. He's all right. He'll come good. He'll come he good. Will. Please come good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, play, all players need need time to settle. You know, and he he won't be any different. I think by the end of the season, he'll be. He wants to try running round a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finally, no, so, we've got sorry, a manager that will say it to him. It's 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 <laughs> it's you're missing the crucial component there. It's fucking run about a bit. <laughs> True, yeah. Yeah. Harry Redknapp, the thing that's always missed in that is he, he didn't actually say it to Pavlachenko. He shouted it at his translator, who then <laughs> had to translate it and then say it to him in Russian. You can just imagine the translator being, what, 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 what do I say? Just, oh, just fucking tell him to run around a bit, you know, but it came it good. He scored, yeah. so... Yeah. Yeah, he's a genius. <laughs> talking about sorry, talking about Redknapp, do you feel you've come a full circle with Sherwood? Because Harry Redknapp was always sort of, you know, yeah, I'll just tell him to go out and enjoy himself, go out and play with a smile on his face, and then and then and that's exactly what Tim Sherwood sort of said at the weekend. Do you feel that well, you've, just, you've gone a long way around the block, or a little, a little kind of note on that one? Um, there's there's a picture that's emerged today of Tim Sherwood giving an interview from a Land Rover window. So you know, make of that what you will. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. 
Um, I think in terms of what Shu had said on the weekend, I think um, it's, it's, it's a bit of a a facade in what he's he's, he's trying to put across. The, you know, the very basics of what he's saying. I don't think he's um, he's he's expressing himself as eloquently as perhaps our old manager used to, which is half his problem with the English press because they don't want intelligent men speaking to them at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but uh, the fact that Tim Sherwood, um, I presume, can read and write and file his taxes means he's a step above the man we used to have. So um, <laughs> I don't think he's as bad as that. So, um, he, um, I mean, as I say, with uh, we've discussed this in the past, but I'm in two minds. I'm kind of, I, I want to give him enough rope and to, to try and sink or swim, really. I mean, I'm of the opinion that at one point or another, he's he's going to use that rope to hang himself, but um, I'm I'm very happy to be proven wrong. Has he got money in January or has he got to sort of work with what was brought in in the summer? I think it'll be uh, the latter. I, I reckon yeah. it'll be the latter. Um, I, I, the sort of names that we've been linked to, Shane Long, for example, I think we've got money in that kind of that level. Stephen Fletcher, yeah. um, Butner from Man United. We um, got linked with Shane Long as well today. That'd be interesting. I wonder which one he'll prefer. <laughs> you're all right with people who dive really aren't you so um, yeah yeah you'll fit in well yeah well um we've we, we might be getting rid of lamella as well so you never know getting rid of i don't think we've ever really had him to get rid of him but yeah you know, he's 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 there in some capacity i think i don't I think know i've seen more of his brother since we've signed him than than anything else yeah i don't know if you lads are aware brian lamella the uh the Young Give him his full title, Twitter sensation Brian Lamella. That's it, Twitter sensation Brian Lamella, <laughs> the, the younger brother of Eric, living vicariously through his older brother, um, basically. And to be fair to the lad, all he's doing is just chatting to girls all day, just saying, yeah, my brother plays in the Premier League. Talk to he's never had so... <laughs> seriously, I think that lad is, is genuinely just getting his willy wet as much as possible while he's here. Because the amount of people that he follows, if you, if you just check out like his, what he's been doing, he follows like young... Girls, and then I imagine he'll DM them and um, and and do as he pleases. And don't forget, Twitter now supports um, direct messaging of photos. So you know, does it? Yeah, oh, well, that is that's interesting news. I've just got to go for a. Yeah. Is keep that open on your phone, Chris? Is that open new doors for you now, Chris? That certainly has. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My poor, no, I won't say that. That's have been bad. Right, I'll stop now. <laughs> Go on, go on, commit. You've, you've started. You want no, to do you know what? It was, com- it was the sort of sentence you really don't want to say. I was, I was literally was going to say my, else's podcast. My, my poor mum. But like, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? I'm not really going to send pictures of myself to mum. She's not even on Twitter, but yeah. I'll go. stop. See, I've created an atmosphere. Let's move on. I don't know if we're speaking about your mum, she prefers Snapchat, if we're being honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We've taken oh. it there. <laughs> Yeah, well, that was my. We fault. found our level. We found our level. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I think that's it. Myself, yeah. If yeah. if if we're to try and get it on some sort of footballing, I look. I, I quite like mum chats, to be honest. But yeah, they are good. They are good. Um, if so you're, is your mum, yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> your your mum likes balls, football. <laughs> I, yeah, that was my tenuous link. Damn the match. How how do you see mm. yourselves approaching it? Well, you've kind of said already that you think you're going to be absorbing a lot of pressure and hitting us on the counter, but how have you been playing under Tony Pulis? Has it been, what, standard 4-4-2 or...? 4 4 one isn't it, Albert, would you not say? Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you there. It's 
yeah, the, I think the main, the main, especially in the first half, it's you know sustain any sort of pressure and any chances that do come to hit on the counter. You know, where they try and take them second second half, especially against sort of the, you know bigger teams, Chelsea and City, whatever. It, you know, we do open up a little bit. Um, you know, especially if we're not uh, several goals behind. Um, so yeah, it'd be, it'd be a win on really. I think the onus is on you guys. It, it depending on how sort of forthright you guys are and how attacking you are, I think we'll react accordingly. But um, again, based on our other performances against sort of top four challenging sides I don't think it will be an easy day um, I, I, what, well, what is going to be key is, is our left back area um, I don't obviously I don't know how many um, how many crosses and sort of that sort of stuff you try and get in the box whether that's the way you're, you're playing these days under has sure. Aaron Lennon learnt to cross yet yeah that's yeah that's my question <laughs> good one is um, a, it, it, you know his, his crossing ability gets underplayed quite a lot I'm, I'm going to stick up for Aaron there he's, he's, he's come on quite a lot the past few years, he's, you know, it's more his shooting. I think it's more the the concern yeah. now. Well, that that's a key area, and depending on who we pick at left back, it, it could be one of our two left backs, or it could be our right back slash midfielder. The way it's going at the moment, um, but um, I think if we've got Joel Ward out there, then Lennon, if Lennon plays right, he's going to have a bit of a battle on his hands. But anyone else that there's, whether it's Parr or Moxie, I, I think that's going to be the area of. Um, of weakness, if you like, and if you can get out that way and get crosses in the Don't box, fucking then... tell him that. Oh, come on, sure it'll know. Um, he's not. Oh, well, anyway, he knows now. But yeah, <laughs> but, um, Shoal yeah. has uh, have compiled his, his dossier. He'll have learnt that from AVB at least. You know oh. this, the the dossier on the uh, the upcoming opponents. Yeah, maybe he won't have done that. <laughs> Fair enough, but like I said, that's that's in my area area of concern. I mean, we're we're not so bad on on the right, but we let we let too many crosses into the box and um, at times, and that's where we we get pressure. Really, we're quite happy to sit, you know, in our banks of four with Chamak dropping back and helping out in midfield, and which sounds like a weird thing to say, but he really does. He comes back and tackles and everything. Um, but but yeah, we, we'll sit there and we'll let you play in front of us and. Basically, it's up to you to break us down. You do that, as as Albert says, the game opens up, or we keep you nil nil to seventy minutes or so. Game will open up, and then it's just it's just who takes that chance first, really. Um, yeah, no one likes being drawn into this, but what would you say the score is going to be, Chris? Um, on our on our off show, I went for a, a, us to nick a cheeky one nil based on what I just said. Um, okay. But in reality, I, I think it's possibly going to be the opposite score. Really, I think I think we'll probably hold out as long as we can. You'll probably get one, and then we'll just about fail to get something back into it. So I can I can see you winning it one nil. How about you, Albert? Um, I think we'll score. Um, I've, I don't think your defence is. I mean, I haven't, I haven't watched a great deal of Spurs. Um, this season, but you just got to look at the score lines to to see that you know your defence can be a bit shaky. I've, I've never rated Dawson, um, so I, yeah, I'd probably go sit on the fence one all. One all. How about you, Raj? How are you feeling about the game? Um, I take a one nil. I take a, a undeserved penalty and one nil there. Um, <laughs> you've, well, you've already had that. So yeah, take <laughs> so. it again. I want seconds. Um, you no. Know, Two, three, one will do me nicely. Just a three points to keep us ticking over. I think that's the main objective. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't sound half bad to me. Um, well, it's been an absolute pleasure, lads. Thank you, thank you very much for giving us your time. Um, 
And no well, really enjoyed it. Good luck for Thank the rest you. of the season. I hope I hope you do manage to stay up. Um, thanks very much. Yeah, there's been a, a, a decent resurgence. Well, yeah, thank you, you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to apologise then for saying anything disparaging about your mother, but I'm keeping that to myself now. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say as well when you were, you were talking about um, playing against teams challenging for the top four. I'm not I'm not sure who it is you think you're playing this weekend, but <laughs> uh, you're three points off. That's that's one thing I didn't mention. I was just really quickly going to say. For all this, it seems to be a perception of Tottenham that you guys are sort of struggling, you've had to change the manager, blah, 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 blah. You look at the table, you're, you're three points off fourth place. You, you're clearly having a half-decent season in spite of all of that. So, um, yeah, least, best of luck to you. But not Man United. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Small mercies. Who are actually losing at the moment as well. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in case you're unaware. Ryan Giggs with an own goal. Ryan Giggs' own goal, did you say? Yeah, Ryan Giggs' own goal. Oh, yeah. that's fantastic. Well, he, you know, does that count as him scoring this year? Probably. Don't know. At, at least... Not in Guildford. With his brother's misses <laughs> or whatever. Allegedly. I was going to say, we, we can't talk about Ryan Giggs scoring. It's usually behind an injunction. Can't believe you saved this chat till the very end. Oh. <laughs> Let it out. I mean, if there's anything else you want to add, Chris, if we, we've 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 had goat fucking with the Newcastle fans, we've yeah. had all sorts of stuff with the Everton lads. I mean, please, like, feel free. When you say when you say goat fucking with the Newcastle fans, I mean, was it an outing? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's how we celebrated. We gave each other high fives afterwards. <laughs> sounds, sounds like a Channel Five documentary. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It does be. You as well, Raj. Yeah, that was that was it. That was the moment when we knew our kind of podcasting dynamic was solidified beyond uh, beyond any kind of approach. Well, um, I can't say that we're uh, well. Personally, I'm not into uh, bestiality, but I mean, I don't know if the chance presented itself. I'll have to have a think about it. I'll come back to you at the end of the season or something. I'll just got to have a long think about that. There's there's no pictures of you rubbing parts of your body well, on, on the if, concrete if you just dinosaurs. Tell that you spit roasted a ghost. Just tell them you were cooking it. Yeah, that works, but I don't know. I think I'm going to have to send a few pictures around on Twitter Twitter to, you know, this is, aid my th- thought process. This is what I was going to say. There's no pictures of you rubbing parts of your body on concrete dinosaurs, is there, at all? Not yet. Oh, yeah. you've been to Crystal Palace Park. Oh, I have. I'm, wow. I'm, yeah, I have indeed. I have indeed. <laughs> I mean, they don't look right, do they, the dinosaurs? They don't. They're a bit weird. The, no, well, there's those like giant rhubarb plants. Well, at least they used to be there. That used to kind of scare mm. me when I was a kid for some reason. I don't know why I, I was particularly scared of giant rhubarb, but I was. Um, I think that's probably something you need to get looked into. Really, um, you know, maybe have a chat with someone because if giant giant root vegetables scare you, then I don't know. How, how do you feel about a giant potato? I do. I don't know. I'd, it'd be a bit like looking in the mirror <laughs> if I'm honest. But <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Um, <laughs> wait, preach, brother. Mm. Um, we've gone very much off tangent. Thank you, uh, thank you very much for joining us, lads. No problem. Cheers, fellas. All the best. So that was uh, that was that was Chris and Albert, Prince Albert, perhaps. I don't know. Sorry, Albert. I should have made a shit joke like that when when we were talking to them. Maybe I was too scared. You seem to be the only one that's ballsy enough to actually really have a go at the guests when they come on, Raj. Is that because I'm not a woolly southerner like you? That's why. Oh, I see. I see how it is. You're pulling that card out, are you? Well, don't forget where Tottenham are based, mate. We shouldn't even be talking about us. Shouldn't you be supporting Huddersfield or something? That was that was a fucking epic FA Cup tie, I'll say. By the way, Huddersfield Grimsby. Oh, it was excellent, yeah. Um, Huddersfield played appallingly, and then they won uh, with two 90th-minute goals. 
Um, and one of them, Martin Patterson, if you remember, scored against Tottenham a few times when we played Burnley in that epic second leg of the, the Carling Cup, the second year when like Pavlachenko and uh, I think borderline illegally played Jermaine Defoe scored in that <laughs> at the time. Remember how dodgy that was? Uh, <laughs> Burnley tried to get us thrown out of the cup because we played Jermaine Defoe after. I think he was on the subs bench for Portsmouth in one of their ties. I think by the letter of the law, they probably shouldn't have like picked him, like allowed him to play because, you know, he's probably cup tied, but he'd never made it onto the pitch for Portsmouth. Um, but <laughs> we played him anyway. And then he got injured before the final, so it kind of like petered down. But um, yeah, Martin Patterson scored in 89th minute and then it essentially bounced off somebody from Grimsby's backside and Huddersfield <laughs> made it through. And um, Fisherman's heart were broken all over the coast. Bet there's a big odd tear up up there afterwards as well. They're a bit bit rough, the Huddersfield lads, aren't they? Um, they like to think there are um, all five of them, but um, not really. I mean, it was great a few seasons ago when, obviously, with a club the size of Huddersfield when they were in like League One, um, you have to sell not only the naming rights of the the stadium but the stands within the stadium. So, like over the past few years, it's it's been called like the Gal Farm Stadium after a pharmaceuticals company. Now it's currently the John Smith Stadium after the Bitter, um, and like one at stands where all rough and sit is called the Pink Link Stand after like a, a, an electronics company. Uh, it's now the Yorkshire Air Ambulance Stand, but um, yeah, essentially you never know where you're sitting when you ring up for tickets because the name at stand changes every week. The 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 Bovril Hut or something. Essentially, yeah, like the, <laughs> the best bit about Huddersfield's ground, which always makes me smile as a Tottenham fan, is there's a one single advertising hoarding that just has uh, hashtag 23 booth legend. Andy, <laughs> Andy Booth is like Jesus reborn to people from Huddersfield. Gets carted out at half time in every game to like be there. He's not even allowed to announce. He doesn't speak. He just stands there with like the tombola for like the the game bingo. And uh, yeah, that's that's his job nowadays. Is, is kind of like a performing monkey for Huddersfield Town. We should get him. Uh, we should get him down at Spurs. He's a he's a big old. Uh... Yeah, he's a he's he's a big legend down at, at Tottenham as well, you know. So let's never yeah. forget that infamous. Yeah, of course. Um, what the fuck are we talking about? Huddersfield and Bovril and Andy Booth. What's it's the greatest on? place on earth? Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, White Hart Lane is the greatest place on earth, young man. I'll have you know. But, You've never uh, been to the John Smith Stadium and sat in the Pink Link stand. The Pink Link stand. <laughs> yeah. Sounds, sounds a bit dodgy that sounds like a sort of like a uh... I think they're a link electronics company I think when I first heard it I thought it was like some uh, a charity thing that Huddersfield had done like a cancer research thing or something that they'd that they'd done like of the goodness of their hearts but uh, no no it's, it's some sort of money spinning idea they had there you go um, Crystal anyway, Palace anyway back to Tottenham yeah, yeah that's it Tim Sherwood oh Tim Sherwood oh he comes from Boreham Wood he isn't very good. That's what we used to sing when he was a player. But that's uh, I, I just it just came to me randomly then when I was thinking about an Andy Booth chant we used to sing. I can't, I can't remember it anymore. But uh, that did remind me because Tim Sherwood was of a similar era to Andy Booth. Oh Christ! Imagine if he brought Andy Booth back. Um, oh, it's probably worse. He could bring back Jamie Redknapp. Oh, or he could make Les Ferdinand his number two. Oh, hang on. Um, Crystal Palace, we're gonna we're gonna beat them, aren't we? 
We should do. Um, if the, the performance is more like it was uh, against Stoke rather than um, than West Brom, then yeah, I'd, I'd hope so. Um, if um, if they're organised, which a Pulis side always is, then um, we're going to have to do well to break them down. But um, we've looked up front, we've actually looked okay. I mean, Adibayor's obviously stolen a few headlines from coming back from the dead and then, like, um, actually that's probably not an appropriate joke, um, like, coming back into the side and, and playing really well. I, I genuinely had no intent with that joke whatsoever. I, moving I moving swiftly on. I, I shouldn't have even corrected myself. It was completely harmless. I genuinely didn't mean to say it in that, that turn of phrase. Coming back into the squad, um, Adibar's played really well. And um, against Arsenal, even though he's had some detractors, Soldado, for me, had one of his best games in, in a Tottenham shirt. He held up the ball incredibly well. And there's a couple of moments where he had the odd flick and the odd little run where you kind of don't see his, the amount of pace he does have because he, he's usually up there on his own from when, when we've seen him under AVB. But because there's been a, a little bit of our room, there was, there was one flick where he kind of... He flicked it round an Arsenal player and then beat him for pace. And um, it was only because like he got tugged back that he um, that the free kick was given. But it was it was really fantastic to see him expressing himself in in a way that he hasn't previously. So um, I'd, I'd hope we'd win. Um, I mean, tactically speaking, we'll have four at the back. We'll have two up the front, and then the middle four have, have been picked in some sort of order that apparently Tim Sherwood doesn't want to. Let us know what he's thinking behind that is. But um, Christian Eriksen on the on the left is it hasn't really filled me with any sort of confidence. Um, we've lost a lot of width out there, and it gives Danny Rose, who to, to me doesn't look fully fit still. He still looks knackered after about ten minutes of of running. He looks absolutely out of it, um, which isn't good for him. But you know, when you back up his fucking Carl Norton or Zeke Fries, if he's if he's fit again, then. Um, you know, we've, we've not really got much of an option. What, so, um, what have you made of Kapu being left out? Um, yeah, I mean, Kapu didn't really appear much over over Christmas. Um, he's um, he's still a hero of mine for for his name and name alone. But um, I'd, I'd want to see him play. Obviously, I've, I've banged on, on enough about having one defensive midfielder in there at, at the very least. I mean, do you um, think you don't think Tim's flushed him from the team for good, do you? Uh, no, I don't think he's been excreted whatsoever. Um, I think he's, he's still still a vital vital part of the of the system we've got um, and, and the team as a whole. Um, I hope he's a, you know a, a solid part of that. He's not been broken down at all. Or it's just it's sometimes quite hard to digest the decision that he wouldn't be. You know. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's. Um, <laughs> I don't want to prolong this or, or, or squeeze out any talk of Kapu, but, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, he should be playing. I hope Sandra's, I think Sandra's had some training, there's photos of him in training again, um, to be serious for a second. So um, hopefully we're back. I've not seen any anything of Vertonghen yet, which is slightly worrying. Apparently Kabul will be back this week, which means he'll be back next year. Um but um, we'll soon see. We'll soon see. Um, we should win it, whatever. I think um, we should have enough about us, hopefully, to, to go and beat them if they're if they're relegation fodder and we're apparently Champions League material. We should be having enough about us, both on the bench uh, in terms of management and on the field in terms of 
players to, to overcome this. It's entirely dependent on on how uh, Crystal Palace express themselves. Well, there we go. Um, and that is the end of Rule of Roost. I hope, you've, I hope you've enjoyed it. Not the end forever. God, that would be unthinkable. Um, you know you wouldn't enjoy that. We wouldn't enjoy that. Well, Raj might, I think. he does. I think you get a bit bored of me, don't you, Raj? But um, it is the end of the episode. <laughs> but I, it's self-depreciation. I can't help it. Um, that's the end of this week's episode. It's been lovely doing this again after Christmas. It's nice to be back. It's a bit rusty, but we'll get there. Um, have we got anything going up on Spurs Statman this week, mate? Uh, I think we're back to usual now. I give, well, I say I gave the lads like Christmas off and that. They probably sent me stuff, but I never checked. Um, but yeah, we'll have stuff up now. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll be going on. I think Rob's going to be going on meandering around Argentina in his ways um, fairly soon. I think he's documenting it all on his calculator. Yeah, um, just one football stadium at a time, that lad. Um, and then, so I might pull my finger out and take up the mantle of doing the pre-matches or something like that, but um, this isn't the place for an editorial meeting. No. Um, so you can, of course, check out all the old articles um, and anything that does come through, as you can hear from Raj's uh, convoluted way of saying that there might be stuff going up on SpursStatman.com. Uh, you can also listen to all the previous episodes of Rule the Roost, which have now been l- updated in lovely fashion um, to, what is it, Bandcamp? No, what is it? You, you uh, yeah, I'm, at the minute, I'm trying to get them all up on SoundCloud. SoundCloud, um, that's So that we saying, can actually, yeah. you can listen to them through the site. They've got some sort of strange, like, upload limit at the minute like where I'm, I'm waiting on an email back from them to find out exactly how it works so I don't want to sit there with like all the files on my PC and then like find out that I can only fit like half an episode on so once I work out what exactly that means um, it should be fully integrated soon so basically if you have a, some joke of a smartphone um, that doesn't support iTunes you can listen to it if you've got uh, a, if, you, if you've got a Windows phone first of all look at yourself in the mirror and then second of all go to SoundCloud and, and we'll tell you if you can listen to it or not and of course all the previous episodes are on iTunes you can follow the Rule the Roost Twitter account at RTRSSM and of course the boss JP's Twitter handle at Spurs Statman myself is at Ted Trunk and at Baines XIII. I hope you have very much enjoyed your Christmas. I hope you've enjoyed having us back. And uh, come on, you Spurs. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.